Awesome. Thanks, guys, so much for that update. Right now, we're going into our community segment with none other than the one and only Grace Sharkey. And she's going to join us to talk about what's going on in the retail space. Tom, there's been tons of activity going on there. We're talking point of sale, and there's a new study out. Grace, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning, Anthony. <laughs> Good morning, Grace. Great to have you on. I feel like I've seen you yesterday. I spoke to you yesterday on Sirius. It's deja vu at this point. <laughs> I think one of, besides Blythe, you're the last human I spoke to. So it's good to talk to you again. There you go. <laughs> so Grace, always great to have you on. And of course, one of our busiest people here at Freightwaves today, we're talking about point of sale and there's a new retail study out. So let's just jump into it. What is this retail study and what's some of the details about it? Yeah, so uh, I'm actually, we're going to be covering two studies. One is a retail study on uh, more of cargo theft, but that one I'm going to keep secret. You have to go check out the episode for that one. We're also going to have a guest on from C3 Solutions, who also recently put out a retail study, more focused on the challenges that retailers are going to be facing in, in 2023. There's a nice review of the challenges that we saw this previous year, of course, there's a huge increase in e-commerce uh, faster than anyone ever expected, which led to a large amount of inventory coming into this space, which, uh, spoiler alert, most of us found out that was too much inventory. Uh, and of course, the, the competitive nature of keeping up with a two-day delivery, the good old Amazon effect that uh, everyone wants to deliver it now. Uh, and then at the end of the day, uh, you know, consumerism cool. Then we're in this space now where... Uh, it's it's interesting, even in the survey they brought up, uh, retailers are, are not sure what's worse, inflation uh, issues or recessionary issues and, and people spending less at their stores. So uh, there's a lot of great problems that we'll dive into in the episode more that deal with the challenges that we're going to be facing this year and, and the responses to the challenges, of course, as well. I like when you talked about the competing against Amazon and their two-day guarantee because currently I've ordered a few things off Amazon. It's been like five days. They just happen to say I'm not paying for shipping. So I do wonder in this situation, uh, you know, Amazon was leading in terms of that two-day. Do you think that uh, retailers will be really forced to catch up or do we get a little breathing space? Because it feels like given this inventory situation, this bull whip, I had too much, now I don't know what to do. You know, I laughed, I cried, I bought. Um, what do you think looking forward as we kind of normalize uh, and from what the study is saying? I think a lot of retailers are going to be looking into the long-term investment of their fulfillment processes. So uh, I think a great example is someone like Target, right? They just talked about this in their last earnings, how they're creating this environment that allows someone uh, like yourself, Thomas, to make different decisions at that checkout button, right? To be able to either ship it over two days, hopefully it makes those two days, or go pick it up in store, or um, maybe have it go pick up in one of their uh, sort hubs. Uh, the, there's going to be various ways for you to, to actually get your hands on that product. And I think that might be a really great space for people to kind of push Amazon on. I don't think they're going to be rolling out with any stores. We've seen them pull back on even uh, different uh, headquarters and, and buildings, uh, promises that they've had over the last couple of years. So I think that's one great thing is when a lot of these retailers can 
One, use their stores as uh, almost like a, a micro-fulfillment center um, and be able to say, hey, you can either come here today in two hours and pick this up or we can ship it out of here. And depending on your structure, the EPS or uh, FedEx or Postal Service, it'll be there in a couple of days. And I think those are the options that people are finding are most important. They want uh, myself, I, it's the same thing. You know, sometimes we want something now or we can either wait or don't really need it at all. Um, and it's about at that checkout, at that cart, giving the customer the experience to choose how they're going to receive that good in the manner that they need to receive that good. And Grace, to Thomas's point a little bit earlier, do you think there would be some more acceptance of, hey, I know it's going to take a little bit longer, but at least let me know ahead of time because I can only imagine how frustrating it can be when you're expecting something to be there within two days and turns out to be four, five, six days later. Yeah, I think six out of 10 executives in this study uh, said that they were looking to invest in technology to help bring a little bit more visibility into that exact question. Uh, a really interesting company to look into is called Stock in Motion, and their job and their goal is to help uh, even small SMBs, uh, retailers, and merchants uh, be able to showcase their inventory, even if it's moving into uh, their fulfillment channels, right? So let's say you go the next time you purchase something, it would either say, hey, it's uh, available today in the store. Uh, maybe it's unavailable there, but we're talking about a, uh, a time period where maybe there's no more wish list. And instead it's, hey, uh, this is on a, a ship from China right now. If you order this today, it'll be at your location in 32 days or something along those lines. So uh, I think you're going to see more technology. When we talk about visibility, that's the end goal of the visibility is not so much to um, yell and as uh, shippers and say, hey, where's my stuff? But more so, so the consumers that are buying those goods can make a corrective decisions in their purchasing as well. I'm looking forward to the day where for the people who are waiting, just like myself, uh, you could give me the real time uh, map and I could just watch it uh, with the delay so no one steals my package and, and then have like an image of a moving truck or cargo ship. I feel like there's a few things retailers can do to kind of like overcome psychologically the fact that when I was told it would arrive Wednesday, it is Wednesday and now my package is arriving Friday. So thanks, Amazon. I've got a beef to pick. But moving forward, about two minutes left. Do you think for these other retailers that are pure play, they don't have the Amazon effect, they don't have the data center to pay for things, they don't have the margins to deal with it. Uh, will any of them link up or when they, will we see any partnerships with these tech providers or maybe sharing amongst goods to kind of band together and compete against this behemoth? Yeah, I think, uh, uh, what was that, last year, right? Or maybe the year before, Quiet Logistics and American Eagle. I think that was a real uh, eye-opener to showcasing exactly how you can take better control of your logistics uh, and your supply chain from all the way down to the logistics provider and the decisions decisions that they're making. I think more than ever, people are looking twice at exactly who they're using and what values they bring to the table. And I think it's important for those who are looking to service those in the retail sector to make sure that you have the capabilities to offer uh, numerous last mile partners, uh, a flexible warehousing capacity, um, the uh, capabilities of, of moving goods, uh, even at the last second, 
through various modes of transportation, whether whether that's more expensive air freight. Uh, but like you said, Thomas, being able to maybe uh, conglomerate a number of retailers together and uh, take advantage of that space as a whole. There's actually a lot of technologies out there that are doing that, whether or not the uh, the retailer itself knows it's happening. Uh, there's even air freight companies I've talked to in the past that are are focused on finding those small spaces and helping uh, uh, retailers take advantage of airspace uh, at a way more efficient cost. So uh, I think that's what we'll see more in this year in retail is those areas where they can help uh, squeeze those margins just a little bit more and, and make a little bit more because, they, like I said, uh, there you can only push <laughs> the cost of your goods so much before in a recessionary period where consumers are thinking twice about everything that they're they're purchasing. I think you're going to see more of like those price checks, right? Like uh, comparison of other dealers and figuring out okay, who's who's a couple cents less per unit that I can switch to. It's that loyalty is, is shifting when the consumer has to make choices between, well, the retail purchases, those luxury purchases in particular, and feeding their families. Grace, insightful as always for those that want to check out Point of Sale, when and where can they do that? Well, easily you can do it today at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, or you can check out all of our episodes on demand at FreightWaves TV. You can listen to the podcast versions wherever you listen to podcasts as well. Uh, yeah, go check it out and sign up for our newsletter at FreightWaves.com. Click on newsletters at the top, and you'll see it right there in the center. Excellent, Grace. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. We'll be sure to check out that episode today. Thanks, guys. Have a good morning. You as well. Right now, we're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back with more for Who's Now. 